Head coach Dirk Cutter spoke for 20 minutes on Friday to the media following the Miami Dolphins preseason game. He was pretty candid. We'll break that down. Plus, we hear from Honcho, Alan Cross, coming off his touchdown catch against Miami, and Justin Evans playing nickel corner today at practice. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more coming up on today's Wren's Training Camp Journal. But first, we go to Williamsport, Pennsylvania to hear from everyone's favorite little leaguer. Hi, my name's Alfred Galea. At home, they call me Big Al, and I have dangers. Well, you made me weak, and you made me moan. Well, you caused me to leave, child, my happy home. But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore. to Wren's Training Camp Journals, Episode 10. Uh, most of this pod is going to be breaking down the 20-minute interview that Dirk Cutter gave to the media on Friday, which would be the day after the Miami Dolphins game on Thursday. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, he started off the presser with uh, you know answering questions about the three DBs, which uh, you know he said. What he liked best about them is they competed. The moment wasn't too big for them for them out there. I was really glad they got the reps and, uh, you know, overall impressed with their play. And then the conversation moved to three quarterbacks. Of course, you know, if you looked at the stats, uh, the completion percentage, you put it all together, it was something like 298 yards and, you know, 30 for 38. Or they all, all – the point is they all had good days. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, and Ryan – Griffin. Then uh, he was asked about field goal and exactly what happened on that missed extra point. Yeah, I could pinpoint it. He missed it. <laughs> Is that pinpoint enough? There's these goalposts like this, and right. it, it just went right off to the side. Zing! You got cuttered. Some of you may find that a little rude, the way he answered that question. They eventually got to the to the real question, um, which was, you know, was it a missed strike? Was it the hold? Was, you know, like, what was it? And he basically said he didn't know. Uh, by this time, you know, if you're there every day as a reporter, you got to figure out some things about Dirk Cutter. One, if you phrase your question improperly, he's going to let you know about it. Um, two, uh, you don't ask him about injuries. You don't ask him about player fights in practice or games. And three, he doesn't really care that much about special. That's not fair. It's very low on his list about things that he's worried about as special teams. I think even lower on that list is uh, talking about special teams. And even lower on that list is when the special teams go bad. He's got, you know, he's got Nate Katzer and the staff to do that. So I think that's where I fall on that. If, if, if you leave an open-ended question like that, uh, he's probably going to get you, especially on those three subjects. Then they moved on to Ronald Jones, uh, where he called his, you know, 
his performance average, and I thought that was very honest and candid and spot on. He felt that he tried a little bit too hard. We're talking about Ronald Jones. He, uh, Dirk Cutter felt that he tried a lo- little bit too hard, uh, and you know he was quick to praise him. Like we know he can run. Like we all, and he's talking to everybody in the room. Like we all know he can run. Um, but you know it was it was tough sledding because by the time Ronald Jones got in there, the uh, uh, third and fourth uh, string offensive line especially on the right side, was in there. But here is good news. Uh, he praised him for – he picked up uh, three pass protections, which was the other – one of the two things we've been worried about with Ronald Jones since he became a Buccaneer. One, can he catch? Well, you know, hit him in the chest and he dropped it. So uh, that doesn't seem to be improving too much. But, you know, to go as far as to praise him in a press conference for picking up three pass protections, I, th- I thought went a long way uh, for Ronald Jones. And then someone asked about Peyton Barber, and so uh, this is what Cutter had to say about Peyton Barber. Yeah, really, really good job. He only played 12 plays, but Peyton finished his runs, and that's what Peyton is. He's a finisher. Uh, he also made a good little play on a scramble uh, that Fitz hit him. He had a nice uh, play in protection. You know, for for as little as he played, he did exactly what he needed to do last night. Peyton's a finisher. That's what he does. Man, he put a little emphasis on that, didn't he? Uh, it's no secret that your cutter trust now trusts Peyton Barber after a few years in the system. Uh, I think any aspirations or uh, people out there thinking that sometime during this season that Ronald Jones is going to become the number one back uh, – and relegate Peyton Barber to the sideline, except for you know maybe a series here, a series there. Uh, as of right now, it, it, it's looking uh, like the Peyton Barber show and you know packages for Ronald Jones. Um, of course, Ronald Jones is going to improve, and you know we all hope to see that. But uh, you know we might have a uh, if Ronald Jones becomes the back we think he is, and uh, Peyton Barber stays the back that Dirk Cutter thinks he is, we're going to have a nice one-two punch this year. So we moved on to the offensive line. Uh, Dirk Cutter, you know, was quick to praise Brad Seaton, who played a lot of uh, tackle, and uh, Litke, who also played a lot of tackle. Apparently, he only practiced at like the right tackle spot, I believe, or was it left tackle spot? Anyway, Litke only played like practice a tackle for one day, and he went out there and played. And he liked their they they competed. You know, he acknowledged that you know they were there were some things wrong here or there. Uh, with their performance, but uh, he liked that they stepped up and, you know, basically you know, sort of saved the roster, you know, didn't get the quarterbacks killed um, and went out there and did yeoman's work uh, for a line that was, was pretty banged up. Uh, he was also pleased that he thought the quarterbacks helped him out by getting the ball out quick. Uh, and, you know, those guys I talked about, Lidke and Seton, played somewhere between like 48 and, and – or excuse me, 58 and 64 plays. So uh, – they're out there, and, uh, you know, I guess the best you can say um, is that, that they didn't get the quarterbacks hurt or injured because we all know uh, what happened last year with, with Ryan Griffin and how upset I was about that. Then the questioning moved to play calling. Uh, specifically, we're talking about Todd Munkin, and uh, how did Dirk Cutter, you know, feel about how Munkin did at his first time calling plays as a professional offensive coordinator? Yeah, uh, well, Munkin and I talked about that in the off season, and uh, – you know, we agreed that that was that was going to be uh, something we'd like to do for him to get him some some experience, call him plays, and let him do it. Uh, so, 
you know, we did. I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought the entire offensive staff, the way they chip in. We, we always game plan offensively together, and uh, so so that, that part didn't change that much. Uh, I thought Monk did a great job. And uh, I wanted to look at the game. That's that's our first game, and I can't remember how many, uh, many, 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 many years that I haven't called plays in a game. And, uh, of course, it's more relaxing. I mean, it's way less stressful, and it's a preseason game. Uh but I, I really uh, I, I really enjoyed watching the game from a different perspective and you know doing some other things. Probably all the other coaches are mad at me for getting in their way, but uh, you know it was it was fine and uh, Monk did a good job. Monk did do a good job. I think all of us are are looking forward to seeing uh, how Munkin does calling the plays going forward in the preseason games two games and games three especially uh, games four. You know that might just have to do with with talents out there. Uh, Game four just might be the Austin Allen show, to be honest, playing at quarterback. But, yeah, you know, if this trend continues of the offense, you know, humming and rolling and putting up points in the red zone, uh, is Dirk Cutter going to take back the play-calling duties uh, once the season starts? Um, this is something I think all of us will be watching closely. My gut feeling right now is no matter what happens, Dirk Cutter is going to take back the play-calling. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, and then the presser went straight to Ryan Smith. And once again, um, another candid and very honest answer, oh, excuse me, answer from Coach Cutter. I think he struggled. I think Ryan struggled. Um, you know, uh, they definitely were throwing at him there for a while in uh, two of the drives that they had. Uh, you know, I, I, the one P.I. they called against him down the sideline, you know, I, I think you could easily argue that that was OPI instead of DPI. But, you know, Ryan Ryan's working at it, and Ryan Ryan's a tough guy. He had five tackles. He had the interception at the end of the game. But, you know, Ryan's got to be more consistent, and no one knows that more than him. And then the conversation went straight to Alan Cross, whom we've talked about, at least I have, at the beginning you know, when we saw the draft picks and people are in the 90-man roster that I thought was going to have, you know, a hard time making this team. Uh, he had a really athletic catch uh, in the game at Miami. And, you know, so that was basically the question. Like, did Alan Cross help himself to make this team because he'd been a bubble guy in the past? And Cutter said, not so fast. I'd say he's not on the bubble. <laughs> Alan Cross is a pretty good football player and does a lot of things that behind the scenes that that people don't don't always see. And he's he's a, a guy that is in the shadows sometimes. But then all of a sudden, when you need him, uh, you know, if a, if a guy's hurt, he knows all the positions. I mean, he plays fullback, he plays tight end, he can play in the slot, he plays on all the special teams. Uh, heck, he could probably coach the special teams. Uh, just a good a good football player, and that that was just a beautiful route and throw on his touchdown. So he got to actually get some third down, third down Y. We could the third down Y. Who's that third down tight end that's in there? He actually got to do it a couple times last night, and uh, you know he does it in practice, but no nobody necessarily sees that. But he you know he can do it when we need him to. Then the final question of the presser talked about Ryan Griffin. You know uh, he's been on the team for three years, I think. I know it's been at least three, maybe four. Uh, he's it's been widely reported he's never taken an NFL snap, and he looked great. And uh, one of the reporters asked, like, you know, 
what do you think? Look how he goodly looked, you know, last night. What do you think? Uh, you ever want to get him out there with the ones? And Cutter, you know, once again was candid. You know, he was saying, and this was something that I talked about. And a couple of people have poo-pooed it, but a lot of people have been on my side too. That Ryan Griffin was actually winning the backup quarterback spot during training camp before he got injured in that first preseason game, and you know, Cutter was quick to praise him, and you know. In the future, the Bucks might be able to do something with this guy. I am. And, you know, actually, last year, last year, before he got hurt, we had plans to play him some with the ones because we knew Jameis was going to be there. And remember, uh, Fitz and Griff were kind of battling there, and uh, it was close. So we had plans to, to get him in. He, he doesn't take reps with the ones out here. Maybe sometimes in seven-on-seven uh, seven drills he does, but... I've been telling you, I'm a Ryan Griffin fan, you know, five years in two, two good systems. He, he just needs playing time. You know, he obviously showed what we think he can do. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a really uh, – has, has a stronger arm than you think he does and he's very accurate and a good touch passer. He moved around in the pocket. He got the ball out of his hands. For the most part, he made really good decisions last night. That's never perfect. So – but we're not going to probably be in a situation right now that we can put him in with the ones because of, of the things you guys already know about. So a little validation for me and for Brent and us at the Petercast. Uh, you know, like I said before, before that clip aired, uh, you know, in the future, we could have a New England Patriots type thing where, you know, we could get some draft capital back. For Ryan Griffin, if, you know, of course, it's if, you know, Jameis straightens out and, and doesn't get in trouble again. So uh, the last clip I want to play for you uh, from Dirk Cutter is on Deshaun Jackson. Um, if you go back to the offseason before he actually became a Buccaneer, there was talk about Deshaun Jackson about, you know, like, hey, we need receivers. Uh, after Vincent Jackson went down, it was just sort of the Mike Evans show, and he didn't have much help out there. Uh, and there was this persona, and I, and I was in on it, so I'm you know not yelling at anybody, uh, that Sean Jackson just really wasn't, you know, like a team player. Uh, a lot of it came from Chip Kelly when he was at the Eagles, you know, uh, sort of slandered him as a diva, uh, uh, maybe not a team player. Um, you know, in Washington, I really didn't hear much about him when he was there. But if you've been paying attention, well, I mean, I should go back a little bit. And then when he got to the Bucks, uh, you know, he was absent from the mini camps and the OTAs, and he was working out in California. And it was just sort of like, I'm going to do my thing, and when I show up, I show up. And that was sort of the overall feeling. But if you've been paying attention since he's got here, uh, he's been a really good teammate, um, extremely professional. Uh, he's well-spoken. And when he does speak, he's got something to say. And someone asked Dirk Cutter about Deshaun Jackson. And I don't know if Dirk Cutter has sort of been feeling this or heard this or, or, you know, just wanted to set the record straight about Deshaun Jackson. But, you know, he took this opportunity to uh, talk about him and, you know, a glowing review about how great Deshaun Jackson has been for the Buccaneers since he's been here. So uh, give it a listen. Deshaun's having an excellent game. Uh, I think Deshaun has uh, really asserted himself not only as a as a veteran but as a leader. He's tried to take on more of a role and uh, very pleased. You know, we haven't hit him as much as we should, but uh, that was progress. How does he do that as a leader? Is what he says? 
what he says, his body language. Deshaun, Deshaun has instant street cred because of his career. I mean, the players, the players respect the heck out of Deshaun. So when Deshaun's got good body language, he's talked to the team at least twice so far. Uh, he's going to be a captain this week in uh, Tennessee, and uh, you know it's it's a big difference if you see a guy you respect out there doing what he's supposed to do versus a guy that's out there moping around. And hats off to him; he's doing a good job. That was Rick Stroud there in the middle of that clip, uh, sort of following up on the question halfway through. But you know, like I said, it, it, you know, Dirk Cutter has high praise for him. I think he's been nothing but aces for the Bucks since he's been here. And uh, appears that Dirk Cutter agrees. All right, now we are going to talk about roster moves. The Bucks had six roster moves uh, recently. Um, just going to go over this very briefly. Uh, who they brought in is Amari Coleman, Aaron Davis. Uh, those are both uh, cornerbacks. And then they brought in Colin Jeter at tight end. Uh, who they let go was Keontae Anderson. He was somebody they picked up. Pretty recently, it was like after the draft, somewhere in camp around there. He was a defensive end. Uh, and two tight ends, Jason Reese uh, and Donnie uh, Emsberger. And Donnie Emsberger was somebody that I thought, you know, had a chance, honestly. I thought that was going to be sort of the nail in the coffin for Alan Cross. But according to Dirk Cutter, I was way off. And now, uh, not that they don't like Donnie, um, but he was wave injured. So if he clears waivers, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on IR like they did with David Rivers, who uh, they recently um, injured, waived for the Buccaneers. But some brief background on these guys. The two cornerbacks, uh, Coleman, Amari Coleman, who will be wearing number 44. So if you check it out, that's who he will be in the uh, Tennessee game. Um, 5'11", 188, went to Central Michigan. Um, that's about all I'm going to give you. That's about all I know about him. Uh, then we have Aaron Davis, who'll be wearing number 27 on defense, of course. He went to Georgia, and the uh, tight end, uh, oh, Davis is 6'1", 195, so a bigger corner, a longer corner we got in. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't really expect either much from either of these guys. They're just sort of depth with, you know, Grimes not playing and Hargraves out now with the soft tissue injury. Uh, you know, we saw today uh, Justin Evans playing the slot. We'll, we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, but Davis has some length and size that, you know, Buck fans uh, are sort of clamoring for um, the way our starting corners have been as far as size-wise the past couple years. And then finally, uh, Colin Jeter. Uh, he went to LSU, 6'6", 251. So once again, I think that tight end room's all locked up. Uh, I think the four that we uh, – the top four are going to be – uh, Brayton, O.J. Howard, of course, Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. And then uh, I think Anthony O'Claire is almost a lock. And according to Coach Cutter, the Alan Cross is a lock. And with a uh, really good deep receiving core where they might keep six instead of five and the defensive line where they might keep ten or nine or, or possibly eight. But if you, you know, there's just not room. If you want to keep a six wide receiver or a tenth defensive lineman, there's just not room to keep a fifth tight end. And honestly, I, I would rather have uh, an extra body at those two positions. So that's it for the roster moves. Uh, I have a little sound from Alan Cross uh, for you. Uh, you know, he's he's been a fan favorite ever since he got here. You know, uh, Mark Cook from the Peter Port calls him his son. You know, they're good friends. I think I actually heard him on the radio today. Uh, not Mark Cook, but Alan Cross to call uh, Mark Cook kin. Uh, he's family. Um, but, you know, we got to hear from Honcho today. 
uh, after practice, and there was a couple of things that he said. Uh, one, somebody asked him about you know how it feels about playing special teams, and then he sort of finished off the interview with uh, you know his maxim, sort of the way he lives his life, and uh, I think it's a good listen. I think you'll like it a lot. I, I feel it's really poignant and uh, a little, you know sort of a little glimpse into what makes Alan Cross Alan Cross. As long as I got a helmet on on Sundays, I don't care. Oh, yeah, shake and bake. Ricky Bobby, baby. Riveting, riveting stuff. Thank you, Alan Cross. Think about that, Buck fans. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. Words to live by. Finally... The Justin Evans talk it ended up not really being a big deal, uh, but when the Bucks started out, you know, number one defense, it was uh, Jordan Whitehead and, and Chris Conti at the safeties, and they moved Justin Evans in the slot. And Dirk Cutter just explained after practices because they're just so thin at corner right now. Um, the starting corners were were Davis and uh, Ryan Smith, Carlton Davis III and Ryan Smith. So I guess instead of putting Stewart. To start at slot, they put you know they put Justin Evans in there with the ones. I don't know if that's a message sent or is it more that Justin Evans is just that you know just that athletic and, and his coverage skills are that, that good. But anyway, that's what happened. But for right now, I don't think it's anything uh, to get worked up about or the foreseeable future. Uh, maybe if we get really thin at corner, you know, during the season, it might be the three safety look might be something the Bucks go with. But, uh, you know, they tried it out, and, you know, basically it's just, you know, don't don't get an uproar. It's just, just something they're doing for probably today, maybe a little bit the week. It all depends on when, when players come back. Well, that's going to be it for me. Uh, let's see, the Buccaneers have tomorrow off, which is probably most of you will be listening to this because my editing skills are very slow, and I've been doing this for about – three and a half to four hours uh just trying something new to drop the sound in you know let me know what you think uh in the comments you know because it's gonna be out on twitter is it too long is it too short you can you know feel free or excuse me feel free to dm me too many drop you know would you like to hear more of me who wouldn't or you know was it too many sound bites just enough how was the editing things like that like you know we're really just sort of figuring things out about how how we want to uh do this pod we're trying to up, upgrade it for the season for you guys so we're trying to bunch you know, a whole bunch of new things and, and seeing how it's going um i will be back at practice on tuesday did i mention that yeah i'll be back there on tuesday and that same day the bucks are getting on the plane and going to tennessee for joint practices uh not really sure how we're going to uh, handle that with, you know, Ren's training camp journals, but I'm sure we'll figure something out and we'll see. And then the game is Saturday night. So I think they practice Wednesday, Thursday, they take Friday off and then they practice and then the game is Saturday night. So, uh, after Tuesday, I think that's only one more open practice to the public. So I mean, last time I, I get, I get to go and see my buck second to last time. Uh, the season is rapidly approaching. It's going to be – I like this preseason because it's almost like a QB battle, you know. Uh, it's like two number ones are going at it, but we already know, you know, who's going to win because of the suspension, obviously. But uh, it's it just keeps you engaged and interest, interested longer. So, you know, I, I expect something um, 
Saturday it's going to be pretty close to what we saw uh, Thursday in Miami where, you know, Fitz first quarter, Jameis second quarter, and uh, Ryan Griffin the whole second half. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, the best way is on Twitter, at Rendax, R-E-N underscore D-A-X-T. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football. Or you can follow us, Brent and I, uh, on Twitter at the Petercast. That Brent runs that for us, uh, just like it sounds at the Petercast. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel out now, and we're doing most of these diaries on there today. It's just going to be dropped down on the pod because a lot of editing, and I just really wanted to concentrate on that and tried to, instead of try to like cut the video up and then enter and then put in the. Uh, Sound bites later. I thought it would have been terrible. Plus, my first time, I don't really know what I'm doing, and so I'm sparing you all that YouTube uh, watch. I guess watchability. That's not a word, is it? Um, so anyway, I'm getting some water. One last thing before I go: uh, the fantasy Petercast fantasy football is in full swing, which means if you email us at the Petercast. Uh, or the Petercast at gmail.com and just say, hey, you know, I want to be in the Fantasy Football League. You're in. Um, depending on how many people we get, we might even do two leagues. If we get a lot, we'll do three leagues. Uh, we'll figure that out as, out as we go. But as of right now, Brent told me today that, uh, you know, we're almost full for the first league, and we just announced it a couple days ago. So once again, if you want to join us in the Fantasy Football League and brag about how you lost to me, just kidding. Uh, in fantasy football, that is thepetercast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Uh, like I said, no practice for the Bucks tomorrow, but we did capture some sound. And then Brent was at the walkthrough tonight, if you followed him on Twitter. Uh, if you didn't, uh, just go check it out. There's some interesting things that he had to say. And I'm pretty sure that that's what we're going to be aiming for, uh, the sound for the next journal, episode 11, the sound from today at practice and whatever Brent learned at the walkthrough. So, uh, some new fresh stuff coming to you very soon, uh, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much.